This is episode 397, when you know what you should do, but you just can't seem to do it with Cindy. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice, as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you for joining me. I love today's topic because so many of us can relate to this. We know there's an action we need to take. We know there's an action we want to take. We know there's an action we should take, but we just can't seem to do it. And we can analyze it and process it and have so much awareness, but we just feel frozen. We just feel paralyzed. We can't shift it. In this particular coaching session, it's about not being able to shift out of a bad relationship, a relationship that she knows is not the relationship she wants, a relationship she knows is unhealthy, but you can apply this to anything. So whether it's a relationship or a job or a pattern or whatever, there's some great tidbits in this episode about why we often don't shift. And just remember, it's so, so important to have compassion for yourself if you feel stuck, if you feel frozen, if you feel paralyzed in a situation that you know you need to change, but you just can't seem to do it. One of the best ways that you can shift and make a change in your life is to do something different, to get out of your comfort zone, but to do it with a lot of love, which is why so many people have huge shifts after my signature women's retreat, we actually just had an alumni call where everyone from any year that's ever come to my women's retreat was on. And so many people got on and talked about the amazing changes they made in their life after coming to the retreat, everything from jobs to relationships to health. It was just incredible to see the shifts. Often we need that support, that container, that safe place to just let everything go and get really, really clear about not only what we need to do, but how we need to do it. But moreover, the retreat shifts something inside of you so you finally have the confidence and the courage and the clarity to make those changes in your life. And this retreat isn't just for people who are looking to make a shift or a change. It's for any woman that wants to go deeper into her own consciousness, release layers that are just, that need to go expand her own femininity, get clear on her purpose, her legacy, who she is, heal any sister wound, and just also have a really great time and be nurtured and cared for by me and the support staff and the beautiful environment of San Diego that the retreat's going to be in this year. Our early bird pricing is ending soon. So I encourage you to go to christinehauser.com slash signature retreat, watch the videos, read the Q and A's, look at the testimonials and get your application in. The retreat is October 13th through 15th in San Diego, California. Going back to my old stomping grounds. Love me some San Diego. So again, it's christinehassler.com slash signature retreat. So as you're listening to this episode, consider, are you in a situation, a relationship, a friendship, a work situation where you know you need to make a change, but you just can't seem to do it? Do you know that some of your choices are coming from your inner child? but you, again, can't seem to make different choices? Do you often let fear stop you from doing something you need to do? 
And finally, do you get frustrated with yourself because you know better and you just keep questioning why you aren't doing better? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Cindy. Before we dive in, I want to thank a new sponsor of the show, which I'm super excited about because I love water. Water is my favorite beverage in the world. <laughs> and I love this water filter. It's Aqua True. Maybe you've heard of it, but Aqua True purifies water using a four stage reverse osmosis process. So their countertop purifiers work with no installation and no plumbing and removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. So I'm sure you probably know drinking water is really important and maybe you don't have the money or the bandwidth or just don't really want a whole filtration system in your house and you don't want something that's super hard to assemble. AquaTrue is a great solution. They have water purifiers to fit every type of home from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher capacity under the sink options if you're up for that. They even have a Wi-Fi connected purifier and mineral boost options. It's proprietary purification technologies independently tested and certified to NSF standards to remove over 80% of the most harmful contaminants, including chloride, fluoride, arsenic, PFASs, known as the forever chemical, nitrates, and many more. So this is even more important to me now because Athena drinks water and I want to make sure I am giving her the best quality water that I possibly can. The other thing I love is the filters are affordable and long lasting, no changing filters every two to three months. They last for six months to two years. Best of all, the water tastes fantastic. I love this water. I can truly taste the difference compared to other water, even my previous filtered water. The other thing I love about AquaTrue is it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. So my listeners are going to receive 20% off, 20% off, which is a good deal. Any AquaTrue filter, just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter over it at checkout. So it's AquaTrue, but no E at the end of true. A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter over it at checkout and get 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Again, AquaTrue.com, use promo code over it. Cindy, welcome to the show. How can I help? I am in a somewhat toxic relationship, toxic marriage, or I guess what I believe to be toxic. I think that I go back and forth with how toxic it truly is. I've been married for almost a year and a half, been together for almost just over four years. Okay. And I feel like I really want to exit the relationship. And I felt like that for quite a long time um, before we got married. And I just keep going forward in this relationship. And there's been a lot of talk about separation and about divorce. Um, I mean, over and over, it's been very, something that comes up all of the time in fights and stuff. And I keep, my husband keeps saying, well, why don't you just, you know, get a divorce? Why don't we just get a divorce? And I keep being like, no, I don't want that. Even though like the true part of me really does want that. Like I, I, I do want that. And I Mm. can't figure out how to move forward with that. Mm. And it feels really like it's, it's breaking me. And I don't, Mm. I'm just really struggling with what the heck I'm doing here. And I think I'm having a lot of, a lot of shame around it too, because of how I have been treated in this relationship that 
I think, why am I here? Like, what is wrong with me? Like, why have I not left this relationship? So I felt a lot of like shame and anger towards myself. And I'm just really struggling with self-compassion. And even though I, you know, I know that's what I need to give myself in this situation. I feel like I know all the things, but I feel really frozen and I, I just can't seem to move forward. Okay. So that emotion, that shakiness, can you just be with that for a moment? Because often when, so freeze is a trauma response. So it doesn't matter how much we know when we're in a trauma response, it all gets overridden with survival patterns. So is freezing something that you've done in the past when you were a little girl or when you were younger? Can you remember freezing? I can remember trying to pretend things were okay when they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels really true. Like that feels like a pattern that I'm in and that feels really familiar. Yeah. And I, I honestly feel, you know, cause I know the, I know the stuff, which again, feels frustrating, but like that, this is likely something that's kind of working itself out with my dad. Uh, My partner has a lot of similarities and I can kind of feel that that's something that's coming to the surface possibly to be healed or looked at. (laughs) They both are really unstable. Um, My dad had undiagnosed uh, mental illness his entire life. Um, He passed away when I was 17, really traumatically. Um, traumatizing me in that process. Um, mm. And it was always kind of like a walking on eggshell situation with him because we didn't know what side of him we were going to get. He was a very, um, you know, even the good wasn't good with him. Like he wasn't a very loving person um, just in general. And I never felt loved by him ever, um, mm. really. And I think my partner, he it's the walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. It's the not knowing what side of him I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. But he also is the the flip side of also, I mean, I know I thought about this, like why I'm still here. It's the, that he can flip into the caring. You know, we, there was a lot of love bombing at the beginning, but I didn't recognize with love bombing mm-hmm. until more investigation into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, when he's good, I feel somewhat taken care of, but I would say that that's not even true lately. That doesn't right. actually feel true anymore. What does feel true? Uh, that I'm just staying somewhere that I don't belong. Like that I, that's really not good for me. Yeah. Yeah. What would be good for you? I honestly, I think about this a lot because I really desire the life I had before I met him. And it's really hard. Like I look at Snapchat memories and such of that, who I was before I met him. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh my God, I was in such a good place. I was such a different person. I was, my mm-hmm. life was so much better and I was mm-hmm. doing the work and I was, you know, getting up early and I was in great shape. And I actually saw you for the first time at the bliss project in 2018. Mm-hmm. And I did a solo trip there and, you know, everything in my life was starting to really feel good after my first divorce. And I really felt like I was coming into my own. And I honestly, when I reflect on it and I'm, I am working as a therapist and, you know, I feel like he's destroyed my life. And I honestly feel like he has destroyed my life. Mm. 
and I don't know what to, and I feel like there's also like that victim part of like, I don't want to be in the victim either. Like, right. obviously I have choices to make in this and obviously I'm still here. So right. it's right. not all on him. Right. Well, people do come in and blow up our life and that's part of their soul contract with us. So you mentioned something very strong in terms of it reminding you of your father and oftentimes it is leaving a relationship, making choices that we didn't get to make when we were children. You didn't get to say to your dad, you know, before he died or anytime that, Hey, this isn't working for me. I want a different dad. I want a different family. This is not the way I want my childhood to be. You could never say that. Right. You could never be like, I'm breaking up with you, dad. I'm going to go find a new dad because you're not doing a great job at it. Right. And so, Even though I felt like I wanted to say that all the time. Yeah. Right. And now you have someone who's very similar to your dad and now you get to say that. You get to say, I'm choosing differently. Now the frozen part is because there is that, and I'm just telling you what you know already, there is that inner child that's still hoping he will change. The inner child thinks that we're going to heal a wound by being with someone similar and it being different. Again, the inner child thinks we're going to heal by being with someone similar, but it being different. It being the way we always wished yeah. it to be. So it's, it's that part of you that's frozen. It's not the adult part of you. And that's where you're frustrated. And that's where you feel kind of fragmented and split because you have this adult part that really wants to go and you have this inner child that really wants to stay doesn't necessarily really want to stay, really wants dad's love. That's the bottom line. And those two parts, instead of your adult part and your inner child working together, you've got parts of you that want different things, which is why you feel frozen in addition to it being a bit of a trauma response. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I've, mm -hmm. I've definitely thought about that. Good. So after you've thought about that, then where do you get to inside yourself? That's a really good question. I think it just comes back to the freezing and the people pleasing that I, 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 there's a, that part of me that wants to also be what he wants me to be, mm -hmm. to be the kind of wife that he says that he wants that I am not living into that I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to be seen as the bad guy for leaving or seem like a screw up for leaving another marriage. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of fear around, even though we actually are in a long distance marriage, we don't live together. I have my own home. We've always had it like that because of our children um, mm. that I am fearful of the financial part of it too, which I can also relate back to my dad. Like that's the, the thing. Like he controlled all the finances. My mom had zero say in the finances. Yeah. He, um, and then my first marriage was very similar where I was a stay at home mom and he was the provider, the sole provider. And now it's kind of like, I'm kind of functioning on my own. I bought my own home. I'm doing my work and, and he still makes way more money than I do. And he's the one who provides us with going on trips and, you know, doing all of the extras. So I think there is that financial piece that kind of is pulling into it too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of 
reasons. And there's a lot of ways that you could keep processing this and keep connecting dots and all of that. But it doesn't mean you have to stay to do that. And let me just ask you directly, what would it take for you to leave? I mean, you're not really even with him, but what would it take for you to get divorced? This is also what I've brought into therapy. Like I could leave this relationship so easily. Mm-hmm. Like this is the part where I kick myself too, because we have separate bank accounts. We have separate homes. We don't share children together. Mm-hmm. Like I could leave this relationship physically like so easily, mm-hmm. but it's the emotional part that I can't seem to get. He has a really strong pull, you know, pulling okay, what, me back in. And what is the emotion? that he hooks you in on that she wants me uh-huh right that right. he needs me that he wants this marriage that he wants this relationship right and so it touches I right on when you're core hooks wounds me. yep it's right on that core wound of not oh, feeling wanted right. by dad right yep so do you trust how old are your children? Uh almost 17 and almost 20. Okay, when they were 7 and 10, did you trust them to make all the decisions for themselves? Absolutely not. Why? <laughs> uh, because they couldn't because they were children. Right. And what did you do as their all mother? the time? I took care of them. And what did you do about their choices? You'd offer them choices on the things that were reasonable. Like you have a choice of spaghetti or chicken tenders for dinner. Those are the choices. Pick one. But when it came to what time they went to bed or um, whose friend they got to spend the night at, you made those choices. Mm -hmm. So did you have a problem doing that as a mother, even if it made them mad? I didn't. No. Why? Because I just always believed that I knew what was best for them. Right. You know, like a, in a really loving way. So why don't you think you know what's best for your little girl, even if she wants something different? Why are you not taking motherly action with your own inner child? Because again, the adult part of you doesn't want to be with him. The adult part of you is saying, he destroyed my life. I want my old life back. Yeah. But the little girl is saying, oh, but he wants me and it feels so good to be wanted because I wanted that from dad. And so like, please, 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 can we stay? Because like, I just, I just want it. I just want it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that really feels like it hits home. Yeah. I think there's that a lot of fear there. There's a lot of fear. And even though it's really like, as I said, it's kind of hard to pinpoint the fear in some ways because, you know, I left my first marriage and we had to split a house. We had to split kids. We had to split everything. And that felt easier. I know I'm probably looking at it with rose colored glasses, but Mm -hmm. then trying to get out of this. Right. Right. And what was different about that first marriage than this one? (laughs) That's a really good question. Cause as I think about it, it makes me laugh a little bit that he didn't, he didn't really want me. He didn't want me. Right. Right. And, With anyone with any narcissistic tendencies, 
they don't want you in a healthy way. They want you as their supply. Absolutely. So and what, I can see that with him. What does it mean to be someone's supply? Well, it's definitely some of the things that he says he wants from me, which is like to be with him more, even though, you know, we're, I'm still raising my kids here and mm -hmm. to make him basically the center of my world is, mm -hmm. you know, that's, he's, you know, tried to cut me off from my friends and my family. Um, and I've been, you know, the part that's kind of coming in right now is that this is all escalating because I've been, you know, quote, fighting back. I've been making more time for my friends. I've been making more time for myself and taking care of myself a little bit more. And he doesn't like that. Yep. And that's part of what's, you know, really escalating this constant divorce talk and stuff. Yep. Yep. So is being someone's supply and them wanting you for themselves the way you want to be desired? No. No, not at all. Especially now that I can witness it yeah. more clearly than yeah. obviously when you think about that, you know, the fairy tale love sweep you off your feet. That was kind of how this all started. Yeah. It felt like a fairy tale. Yeah. And yeah, that's why I always say run, run in the other direction like of fairy tales because they only happen in the movies. Yeah. That. Yeah. The love bombing is, is it's so, um, especially for empathetic people, especially for people with any codependent threads, it's like a drug. So what I'd like to do right now is I'd like you to just close your eyes for a moment. Okay. And I want you to bring forward a little girl part of you, especially the age or the part that you feel like really loves this guy, like really loves how he loves bombs and mm. loves how she feels wanted. And mm. tell me about what age that feels like. Cause it reminds her of daddy and she loved it when she got any of daddy's attention. Oof, I would say that that's about seven, seven. Okay. And tell me when you can see that seven year old. Yeah. If I can see her. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I just want you to just be present with her for a moment and just ask her why she wants to stay with Jack or whatever his name is. And you can ask her out loud. You don't have to say his name out loud, mm -hmm. but just ask her. Why do you want to stay with him? And then let her speak. Because he loves me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because he cares about me. Mm -hmm. It's because I feel special when he's around. Mm -hmm. Or not when he's around, when he's paying attention to me. Yeah. Yeah. And when he's being nice to me, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want your adult self to respond to really validate everything that she said. Just respond in a way like you would to your own child. It seems that way. 
It seems like he really, really loves you and cares about you because of how you, he shows up when you're really good and you're really on your best behavior. But that doesn't mean that it's, that it's true or that it's authentic. Does a seven-year-old know what authentic means? Really talk to your seven-year-old so she can really get it. It's true or that it's real or that it's going to stay. Tell her what love is. Teach her what real love is. Tell her how it's consistent and it's always there. It's not something you have to earn. Like really help her understand what love really is. Yeah. Love isn't something you have to, that you have to earn, that you have to be a really good girl to get from the people that love you or the people around you. You are loved for who you are, not for what you can do for other people or what a good girl you can be, how quiet you can be, how smart you can be. And you deserve to be loved in a real way by people that truly do love you and care about you and want to see you happy. And not just happy for a little bit, but happy for for a long time, not just for a little bit of time, not just for when it's good for them that you're happy. Mm. Mm. Let me see what she says back. I just want him to love me. Hmm. Who's the him? My dad. Yeah. So can you just really explain to her, this is not dad. Dad's not coming back. Dad is gone. And really, really help her understand as hard as it is that this is not dad and dad is gone. It's really important to know that this isn't, this isn't dad. And this is another person that's showing up in a way that is really like your dad. But it's not your dad. Dad is gone. Dad is gone. Mm-hmm. And this man is here. But he's not your dad. And he never will be. He's not your dad. He never will be. And he's not going to love you and keep you safe in the way that you want him to. But I will. But I will. And tell her how. 
I'm going to take you out of here. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve to be here and to be treated like this. You don't. You really, really don't. And you won't always be treated like this. It's not just going to be someone else that treats you like this because I'm not going to let this happen to you again. So check in with her, see if she's hearing you. Yeah, it seems like she is. Okay, let her speak, see what she has to say. I trust that you can do this. You can take care of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be happy. I want to be really loved. Yeah. And one thing that I just want to say to both of you, and especially to her, is if Big Cindy's going to move away from this man... <laughs> who reminds you of dad and who makes you feel loved and special. If that's going to change, she's got to do a really good job of making you feel that way. Otherwise you're going to want to go back and be that you want to want this man in your life again. So what I'd like to know from a seven year old Cindy, is how big Cindy can make her feel loved and special. Mm, that really takes me back to 2018 mm-hmm. by putting her first, yeah. doing the things that make her feel alive and free. Mm-hmm. Like what? And the, um, I'm just, I'm thinking about, you know, in California, I was rented a bike and I rode up and down the beach and I was literally just felt like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And just <sighs> the other thing I feel like coming up for me is that I'm going to keep her away from men like this. Yeah, tell her that. I am not going to let this happen to you or me again. Mm-hmm. We are going to make sure. <laughs> that A, we're single for a long time (laughs) Um, and B, that we know that when we see the red flags that we saw this time, all of them, all of them within months that that, that we pay attention. I pay attention to them. So I'm going to have you wrap up with her to say anything that you think um, would... Um, just make her feel seen and acknowledged in any, any way that mm-hmm. you want to say, see you later to her and make her promise to check in with her at another date mm-hmm. and time. It feels important for me to say this to her. Like you can say goodbye and it's not betraying anybody. Mm-hmm. It's not betraying your dad. You can say goodbye and it, it, it has to be done because we need to take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. 
How are you feeling now? I feel a lot less shaky. Yeah. Do you feel a little less frozen? I think that, yes, I do feel a little less frozen, but I think that the action is the part that I'm really going to struggle with. Like that part does, even though I, like I really intellectually feel like I know intellectually is knowing, but like I, I feel it. So tell me about a time where you had to go full on mama bear mode for your boys. You have two boys. Or two boys. Yeah. Tell me about a time you had to do that. Like with a school or another parent or where you just had to like, just be like, you're not going to mess with my kid. Oh, when they were trying to diagnose my youngest son with ADHD and put him on medication. And it was um, a really heartbreaking psychologist appointment. And my little boy who was probably seven years old had a tear streaming down his cheek and I just wiped his tear up, scooped him up. And I was like, we're done with this. This isn't the route that we're going with this. And we left. That's exactly what I want to do. What you, That's exactly what I want you to do to your seven-year-old girl. I want you to wipe the tear from her eye, scoop her up and say, we are out of here. You it's actually have, a really powerful visual. You, yeah, you have that in you. So if you need to get a picture of her and put it up on your mirror, you've got to tap into that mama bear energy. If you keep going into the old wounded patterning and you keep, um, instead of mothering your inner child, letting your inner child lead, then you will, you'll stay just like you would have stayed in that psychologist's office and been like, okay, we'll just take the prescription. Right. It's no different. Energetically, it's no different. Right. Right. So you can do this. You've done this before when you know something to be true and you know this to be true. You know, you need to get out of there. Yeah. So the, the action may be hard, but only if you're coming at it from the wrong place. If you really come at it from that mama bear, warrior woman, you've never been to my retreat, have you? No. Maybe this year's the time. <laughs> it sounds like I it's definitely think it timely. Could be. Um, well, you'll learn more about the warrior woman there, but this this is the moment. It's, it's going to be hard and it's going to um, create fear but you know, it's the right thing. I'm sure that finding other ways to help your son with what they call ADHD was hard at times. I'm sure there were times you were scared of like, should I put him on medication? I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I should, but I want to help him. I'm sure that there were, it wasn't like you walked out of that psychologist's office into a field of rainbows and unicorns. It it had its hard moments, but you knew you were doing the right thing. So if you're waiting for this to feel easy, you're going to just stay in this forever. And then you're going to look back and 2018 is going to be farther and farther and farther away. I already feel like I've wasted five years of my life. Well, that doesn't help thinking that way. I hear you. Um, You can use that as motivation. Like I'm all for letting frustration and anger get us to actually take action. And then we can work on the forgiving ourselves later. 
So if that's what you need to hang on to, to get out of there, I support that. Eventually you're going to need to forgive yourself. But if you need to hang on to that, just to light some fire under your butt, go for it. It's so interesting that you talk about that. We talked about my son with the ADHD because I actually haven't thought about that in a while. We have never put him on meds and like looking at him now, he's almost 17 and he is a really awesome kid. Like he never had ADHD. It was such an interesting. mm -hmm. Yeah. And imagine the road had you put him on medication. Yeah. So it's just, this is a sliding door moment just like that was. Right. It's up to you which door you want to walk through. Yeah, it feels like Big Cindy has to walk us through this because it's, she knows, like she knows. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a list sitting in front of me about all of the things that are so toxic inside of me because of this relationship. And I think I go back and forth and there's that, well, what if you leave the relationship and you still feel like this or you still are depressed or you still are overweight or you still are all these things? Well, leaving the relationship isn't going to fix those things, but it's going to have the distraction removed so you can actually heal those things. Yeah. 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 Because as long as you have something that you have an indecision about, then you don't have to deal with what's really there. For sure. So now it's action time. Then you can do the processing. Yes. Well, I think this is the kick in the butt that I do need. I think I've been sitting and waiting and thinking for so long and just creating all this awareness, but not doing anything besides Mm -hmm. just kind of falling into people pleasing. And yeah, 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 it's time. It's It's time. time. It's time. Yeah. It's time to really, really stand up for what you truly desire. And again, you couldn't pick a different dad, but you can pick a different kind of partner, a different kind of life. And you've got to give that love and that specialness purely. And now we can use the word authentically because we're not talking to a seven-year-old. Hey, a lot of seven-year-olds <laughs> might actually know what that word means nowadays. But <laughs> when I was seven, I probably didn't. Purely and authentically help that parts if you feel special because that's, you know, the core wound here is just that, that not enoughness and low self-worth. And love bombers are great at picking people that have that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's so funny that a lot of people kind of talk about being on these really great paths and then kind of getting, you know, thrown off by someone or something. And I I really can relate to that now where I really felt like I was on this great path. And You, you still are. This is just taking you deeper into your healing. It is. It is. But again, like if you need to use the regret and the like, I can't believe I did this to get you the hell out. Fine. Eventually you're gonna have to let all that go. Cause it's just not true. Mm-hmm. But I think it's helpful mm-hmm. right now because you need to, you need some fire to move. Yeah. I really feel like I do need yeah. some fire to move. And even, you know, reflecting on those snaps when I see them come yeah. up in 2018, it makes me feel sad but it also kind of does light that fire up a bit too yeah. of like, oh, this is where I was. Like, this is something attainable. This isn't yeah. out of reach for me. So today we're recording, we were recording this on April 13th. Uh, do you follow me on Instagram? Are you on Instagram? I do. Yeah. Okay. On May 1st, I want a direct message from you telling me what you've okay. decided and what action steps you've taken. You know, what's 
interesting. I signed up for um, a breakup course that starts early May. Great. Last night I signed up for it. There you go. <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to need this. So I'm going to just do it. There you go. So I feel like there are some actions happening. It's yeah. just the actual action of the yeah. final piece yeah. of the puzzle. Yeah. You can do this. You want to do this. It's time. I too want to do this. You do. Thank you, Cindy, for your honesty and for bringing something forward that so many people need support around. I can think of myself being in this position many times in my life, just almost watching myself and and looking at myself and my life and my choices going, oh, why am I doing what I'm doing? And it takes tapping into that warrior woman or that warrior and that mama or papa bear inside of us that just is fierce and is like, I'm not doing this anymore. I didn't have the choices as a child. Couldn't choose my parents. I couldn't choose my situation. I couldn't choose where I lived. I couldn't choose my financial circumstances. On some level, I couldn't even choose what was being fed to me. But now I am an adult. I am the parent of my inner child and I get to make different choices. And that's so much what this episode was about was this conflict between what the inner child wanted and what the adult wanted. And when we have that inside of us, that conflict between what the inner child wants and, or a wounded part of us, or however you want to look at it and what the adult sees, the present day part of us, it does keep us frozen because it's like we're playing tug of war inside ourselves. And no one really moves forward that much in tug of war until one side drops the rope or just gets pulled over. Otherwise it's just constant tension. So I just want you to visualize that. Like, where are you playing tug of war with different parts inside your own head? And how is that preventing you from moving forward? So for Cindy, I had her talk to that seven-year-old and really tap into that mama bear in her. Like she was able to say to that psychologist, no, we're not going on ADHD medication. And PS, no judgment or shame on anyone who's on it or any parent who's put your child on it. Each child, each person is a different situation. Sometimes medication is a fit for people. Sometimes it's not. What I love about Cindy is not that she said no to medication. What I love is that she said yes to her intuition. She knew that wasn't the proper diagnosis for her son. And she trusted that. And she wiped the tear from his eye and she scooped him up and she walked right out. And that's exactly what I want her to do with her own inner child. And that's exactly what I want you to do with any parts of you that are stuck somewhere because she was stuck in like a time lapse. This relationship with this guy was so much like her relationship with her father that she was just like looping and looping and looping in that wound from childhood. So she still may be scared and it still may be hard, but she's got to get herself out. And also let's talk about love bombing and supply. So whether someone's a diagnosed narcissist or they have narcissistic tendencies, love bombing is not about you. It's about them. It's about the feeling that someone with those tendencies get when they see how you just light up and you're just like putty in their hands when they love bomb you. It's control. It's not loving. It's not loving. (laughs) It's not you actually authentically being special. It's about you being the supply and you're, oh, and you're, oh my gosh, I feel so amazing and da-da-da-da-da. It's filling them up. That's 
the truth about love bombing. So I want all of you to get really clear about what love is and what love is not. And love bombing and inconsistency and making someone feel special just so you can knock them down is not love. It is not love. And most likely, if you're in a relationship with someone like that, it's probably not going to change. So my encouragement would be to choose yourself, actually legitimately, authentically love bomb yourself out of the situation. Love yourself so freaking much that you just blast out of the situation. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.